BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. This is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Here we go. Welcome, 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 Geek Vibes Nation, to an all-new Geek Vibes Live interview. We have a very, very huge special guest today, and I will not make you wait. Welcome our very special guest, Mr. Ryan Sands, who plays Jeffrey Wilder on Marvel's hit show, The Runaways. Let's get him on here. What's going on? Oh, everything's good. Everything's good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have so many things to ask you, so I will not waste any of your time. Let's get right (laughs) into it. it. Absolutely. Before we get into The Runaways and all of its success, I wanted to get into two movies that came out this year that I wanted to discuss because, if I'm not mistaken, you are a huge Marvel fan, both of the shows, movies, and comics. Oh, yeah, since way back. Perfect, perfect. So then, excuse me, so let's get right into it. My first question is, what were your thoughts on the huge success uh, in the movie overall of, of the Black Panther? Oh, man. Uh, Black Panther was, was uh, you know, a dream come true as a, a kid growing up that, you know, went, went through a period where I was kind of sad that I didn't see a lot of black characters. I didn't see uh, characters that I could, you know, identify with in that way. And um, I was introduced to the Black Panther and and um, Power Man, um, even you know Black Lightning, by an older cousin of mine, and I've been a fan ever since. So um, to see this character imagined in that way, with that excellence and just that that vibrant um, world of Wakanda that we were shown, um, the performances, the production design, the costume design. I mean, it was, it was incredible. So yeah, man, I will never forget, um, you know, seeing that for the first time or the second or third or fourth. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I even, I just recently bought it myself. So I'm on like watch 23. I think at at this point I've seen it so many times. Um, (laughs) yeah. 
the biggest thing that stood out to me of of that movie and just its whole presence was what I think it does for Hollywood going forward. I felt as though it was it was a start to kind of knock down more barriers uh, and right. open more doors for a lot of different things uh, in Hollywood. So I wanted to ask you, how do you think that movie changed things going forward for Hollywood? Well, I think that it dispelled a myth, you know, a myth that um, that you would have hoped uh, Wesley Snipes showed us back in the day uh, with Blade that, that, you know, these black characters are viable and they will sell. They will bring people into the theaters. They will um, make money overseas. And at this point, man, that, that thing is still making money. So it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a myth that um, has been debunked and uh, nobody can hide behind that anymore. And so I'm just hoping that it continues to, to open doors for all of these other great characters and all these other great um, creators out there who are um, – who are creating these characters to to introduce the, them to uh, you know uh, the the general population in a really big bad way? Absolutely, and I, I think the you're absolutely right. And the the biggest thing that I appreciated, even what you were saying, to see someone that looks like you on the big screen represented in you know a proper way isn't really this uh, lethal killing. Because I always tell everyone. I get how everyone's like, oh, well, like one of the first, you know, black superheroes on a big screen was like Blade. And I always said back around when Black Panther first started to, to, to come out um, in, in the theaters, the only reason I, I separate the two is because, yeah, we had Spawn, yeah, we had Blade, but those to me aren't what you would show like a six-year-old and say, hey, right. you could be just right. like that. Like you don't want, right. <laughs> you don't kind of want to show kids that. That's not <laughs> a positive yeah. thing. Uh, these right. two killing machines. Black Panther yeah. is someone uh, you could show a, a, a child and tell them this is mm-hmm. what you can aspire to be. Look, this is something you can be, a strong, uh, you know, a strong role model, strong leader. Um, you know, so that to me was, was a difference. But what really spoke out to me, and I appreciate uh, Ryan Coogler so much in that whole team, was how strong he made the female characters. Like, there were no damsels in distress. There were no, oh, I need someone to come save. Everyone was strong. I would even say there were times I thought the Dora Milaje was, like, carrying T'Challa. And I I love that because it showed the young women also, like, it's not just a, a guy thing. Like, you can be just as strong as the male characters that we have um, you know, shown being these strong uh, leaders, the women are just as strong, just as smart, just as uh, creative as the guys are. So, excuse me, my question to you is, out of everyone in that, uh, who was who stood out to you the most from the Black Panther? Oh, man. Uh, I fell in love with Shuri, man. She, <laughs> like every <laughs> every scene that Letitia Wright was in, you know, she just she's she's just so fun to watch. Um, you know, the the energy that she brought, um, you know, was just kind of infectious. So you you never knew what was coming out of her mouth. You know, whether it was a, a, a dig at at her brother, the king, or whether it was, uh, you know, just breaking down some kind of scientific. Uh, some super futuristic scientific breakthrough that, you know, she's just talking about, like, it's just another day at the office. You know, she was just really, <laughs> really fun to watch. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Shuri fan. 
Absolutely. I actually, before the, the movie had come out, I had just saw, like literally just saw her episode of Black Mirror. And I was mm-hmm. just like, man, like she is really, really, really good. I hadn't, I hadn't seen anything else uh, of yeah. her work. And I saw that and I was just like, man, she is just like, she really captured me in that episode. Uh, like I felt invested. And then when the movie right. came out, I was just like, she's going to be a huge, like she's just yeah. so naturally good at what she does. Uh, and I have a younger sister that just reminded me completely of Shuri. So, like, that made me even more invested in her character. Yeah. I just – I loved everything she did. She completely – because to me, a lot of times what, what makes characters so special is not only for you to stand out, but for you to stand out and then create something of your own. Like, make someone leave right. the theater and go, man, I have to see more of Shuri, whether it's in Black Panther 2 or with Spider-Man somewhere down the line. Like, I just need more of her. So I think right. she, she completely knocked that out of the park, uh, and I loved everything about it. I would have to say a standout for me uh, from that movie would have been Killmonger, uh, mm-hmm. mainly because I think Marvel kind of, within like the past few years, has kind of started this trend with some of its villains to where instead of going the, he's a villain just because he enjoys being the idea, you know, just because he enjoys the idea of being a villain, we're going to make them mm-hmm. more complex. We're going to make him a villain, but we want you to get why he's a villain. Like, yeah. it's not just he walks in a room, he just wants to shoot down the entire building. Like, no, that's not who he is. He's more complex than that. Uh, and then just, just the lines that Michael B. Jordan was delivering as Killmonger were just, to me, just huge. Uh, especially yeah. that last scene where he's, um, you know, he's, he's with uh, Chadwick Boseman, and they're just on that rock. Uh, right. And just, just everything about that final scene was just so powerful, and it just stood out to me and resonated with me. Uh, so I definitely right. say he was more so my standout um, because of how complex and how he made you kind of understand and feel for him, but still kind of see like, oh, well, he's kind of crazy, like, but I do feel for him. Um, yeah, it's like I, I feel you, man, but you can't be killing everybody, Sam. You can't. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> I, I left, yeah. saying, I left the theater saying, like, man, like if you didn't like kill people, I would kind of like be a fan of yours. Like I get what you're saying, right. but like you can't right, be killing right. people, man. Um, but no, let's 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 get on to uh, another movie that came out this year with someone who really didn't mind the killing. Um, uh-huh. But you still kind of <laughs> Not so much. somewhat understood the the heart of him, but it it was yeah. so little because it's like his his plan was just like so evil, and it's just like man. Yeah. Um, but Infinity War, man, Ooh. was that just Ooh. a culmination of just everything that's that's come together? I listen. <laughs> let me just get into my first question before I just start going crazy about <laughs> how that movie was. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will ask you so you can properly geek out about it. How much did you enjoy that movie? Oh man, that was like the quickest two and a half hours ever. I couldn't believe that you know it was over. I you know I was there on the edge of my seat the whole time and just like just really in awe of of the accomplishment, man. I mean, just like out, outside of the story. Um, you know, that was taking place on the screen, just outside of the awesomeness of, of seeing um, everything go down. But just the achievement, you know, we have seen, like, cinema kind of be reinvented in our lifetime, you know, with this type of, of storytelling. 
and for them to bring it all together, all of these different franchises that have different feels, you know, different tones, um, to bring them all together with the stakes being as high as they were, um, it was it was incredible. And and then you know just to the the, the performances. I mean, I just watched it the other day. I got the uh, the Blu-ray and was checking it out the other day. And I'm just, like, staring at Thanos and, like, just tripping at, at where we are, uh, not only Josh Brolin's performance, um, which was incredible, but looking at, you know, where we are with, um, with, with CG and just how expressive Thanos was. You know, when he turns and faces Gamora when, right before he's about to throw her off the cliff, you know, and, and to see the emotion in his face and, and, and as an actor, those little things, those, those little subtle things that you kind of look for are all there in this digitally created uh, big purple dude. So it's, it was just an incredible accomplishment, but from a fan standpoint, man, um, <laughs> just to see everybody doing their thing, the, the distinct way that they would do it, you know, the, the, uh, the, um, you know, Dr. Strange and the um, Iron Man interaction, um, putting that Spider-Man energy in there. I mean, it was just everyone was true to who they were and were all forced to kind of come together. Um, it was just fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away by it. Yeah, <clears throat> listen, I'm with you. The biggest thing that I looked at that I loved of this movie was how the Russo brothers, one, I have to say, out of, I think, all of the directors of Marvel uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I and no slight to any of the other directors. I just they get the characters yeah. so much. Like you get the yeah. most comic accurate uh versions of each of these characters each time the Russo brothers put their hand on it. <laughs> um yeah, exactly. and it's just it's it's amazing. Uh I mean and also I love uh and this is more so towards the, the writers, but how they were able to take the two hours and some chains that they had and make each character stand out and tell a story mm-hmm. from each of the perspectives of the different characters. You had the story from uh, everything coming to an end for Iron Man, as far as this mm-hmm. has been a journey he's been on since the Avengers, the first Avengers right. movie. Um, mm-hmm. you, you had the story of Thor, who has now officially lost everything. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. you know, regaining himself. Uh, with with getting the Stormbreaker, getting his new weapon. You had the story of Gamora, uh, where you finally see what happened to her as a child for her to become Thanos' daughter. Uh, You had the story of Thanos. Like, there's just so many different stories that they told in one, and it, it, it wasn't as if, like, they had to force things just to make it work. Like, everything just fit so well. And for Mm -hmm. them to do something like bring characters from all different facets of, of the movie universe into one movie and make it work. It's just like, man, right. you, you got to tip your hat off to those guys. It's been a long journey to get here, and it, it was well worth it. I loved every bit of Infinity War. I think the only, excuse me, the only knock that I had was I was a fan of the Black Order from the comics, and I kind of felt yeah. that I get it in terms of the movie. But I kind of felt as though they could have been used a lot better. Like, I I said before the movie came out, like, I would be really disappointed if the Black Order doesn't take out at least one Avenger. 
just to show right. like like these are the top henchmen like out there like you can't beat the black order like that's as best as you mm-hmm. can get when it comes to hired help pretty much yeah um yeah. and when they didn't i was just kind of like I-, I get it they wanted Thanos to be the guy that's just like taking out everybody showing his strength uh showing the power of the stones so i was like man have one of the black orders take out <laughs> one of the avengers um but I, they I'm almost did with vision you know they almost did he almost, almost did, did. And then, yeah it bothered me a little bit with Corvus Glaive because um, in the comics, uh, the only way to kill Corvus Glaive is to break the, the staff, his, uh, his, yeah. his staff. Like, as long as the staff mm-hmm. is intact, he's still alive. So they kind of threw a little bit, uh, like, a little different things about the Black Order out of the window just to service uh, the, the right. movie better. I get it, but I was just kind of like, oh, man, like, let let two of them live <laughs> and carry them to the next movie. But I get yeah. it. Um, but I am going to ask you a super tough question when it comes to Uh-oh. this movie. And Uh-oh. I asked you the same one with Black Panther, just to kind of give you an idea on, on what the question is. But okay. you have to pick one standout from Infinity War. Just one. doesn't matter. Good guy, bad guy. One standout from that movie. Oh, man. It... It kind of sounds like a cop-out, but Thanos, I mean, I was like, from his introduction, I was captivated. Like, you know, he's introduced <laughs> in the background and just, right. you know, and, and, and his, his demeanor, like, it was never, like, I don't have to raise my voice, you know, at all, really, throughout this whole time. And just, just. The way his 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 manner, and he was always so confident and and so with so much conviction with everything, and and um, uh, just the you know nobody phased him, and then you know Hulk Hulk kind of snuck him, but you know after he caught his breath for a second, he just picked him apart. So I was just it had to be Thanos because um, every time he was on screen, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Absolutely. Josh Brolin knocked that out of the park. I mean, wow. Like, I I said, to me, I always thought the greatest villain of all time was Darth Vader. Just how he yeah. carried himself, the story, right. just just the voice of James Earl Jones, just everything about Darth Vader made him mm-hmm. just the ultimate villain. The yeah. only reason I put Thanos above Darth Vader is when Vader was faced with the ultimate uh, decision, which was, am I going to <laughs> fulfill my legacy as a Sith Lord, kill my son, and continue mm-hmm. uh, my legacy, or will I let the, the little bit of light that I have in me come out, save my son, and take out the Emperor? When he was faced with that tough decision, he and I'm not saying it as, as a bad thing, um, right. but he went towards the light side. He his love right. for for his son shined through. His need to be that Darth Sith Lord. When mm-hmm. Thanos was faced with that, task, <laughs> he was like, "I got a job to do. Like I ain't got yeah. time for this thing called love." <laughs> so to me, that is the ultimate villain. Like when you're faced with that tough decision, what will you do? And he said. I am a villain at, at the core. Like, I got a job to yeah. get done. I am sorry, Gamora. You got to go. Um, yeah, so I love to you, me, baby. That's I got what stuff made... to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, to me, is what made Thanos the ultimate villain that we have seen mm-hmm. on screen. 
because when faced with that decision, he was just like, nope, I'm keeping my priorities in check, and you are not part of my priorities, so we got to go. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I I think the standout to me was was definitely Thor, uh, because Mm -hmm. you saw the journey continue. Yeah, yeah. And you – go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I was gonna say, just like watching it again, I can't, I can't argue that because um, you know I'm watching the scene with him and Rocket, and um, and you know to to have him just to 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 try to talk himself through this pain, and you know, hey, I'm, I'm gonna do what I got to do, I got nothing to lose, but to see all of that hurt and everything, um, um, you know, behind, behind those eyes and and underneath those words that he was putting out there, and for him to you know, almost kill himself to, uh, to get, um, Stormbreaker and then to come in, like, how can you, when he comes through at the end, uh, when he comes to Wakanda, it's just like, it, that was an incredible moment. And, uh, yeah, yeah I can't argue that one. That's, that's good. Thor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's to the testament that I was saying before about the Russo brothers. Like to me, they captured Thor. That is mm-hmm. Thor. Like, when you see him leap in the air, summoning all that lightning to strike, mm-hmm. like, that has always been the Thor I've always wanted to see. Uh, yeah. I thought Ragnarok kind of tackled the, the humorous side of Thor, the more so dull, not that smart, pretty boy, but he loves the fight <laughs> kind of. Like, it captured that. Right. Um, right. And I think uh, Infinity War captured the Thor that is like, I am a protector. I have to do whatever it takes to make sure my people mm-hmm. are safe. Um, and that's what you saw. You saw this, like you just mentioned, the story that was ready to throw away his life just to get the power of Stormbreaker. Um, and yeah. then when, when the portal drops and you see the, the Stormbreaker start taking out the, the Night Riders <laughs> and then it disappears yeah. and you see him with Rocket and Groot, I was just like, it's about to go down. Like I can't right. wait to see what Thor does. Then when he says, "Bring me Thanos," and jumps in the air, that that yeah. to me captured me. And I was just like, "Listen, like even though Iron Man to me, without a doubt, is like the, the standout, the, the the backbone of this film. Uh, it was right. also really cool to see Cap. But Thor to me, just the ultimate journey. Seeing the movie start with him losing uh, Hemdale, almost pretty mm-hmm. much losing Bruce. Um, and then losing Loki the way that he did, uh, and yeah. immediately what, what spoke to me when he was watching uh, Thanos take out Loki was uh, what he said to Loki in the elevator in Ragnarok. Um, yeah. When Loki said, do you think that that little of me? And he goes, I've always thought the world of you, Loki, but we're just two different people. You're you, mm-hmm. I'm me, and I'm way past trying to get you to become me, but maybe there's still some good in you. Um, yeah. And then Loki showed the goodness in him by trying to take out Thanos, um, you know, for his brother. I mean, he, he could have left. I mean, we know Loki. We know the, the old Loki. Old Loki would have right. split. Uh, right. So he tried to go out a hero uh, to show his brother that he, he did try to change for him. Um, and, and that was really emotional to see Thor go through that and then to face that in the conversation with Rocket. So mm-hmm. that definitely uh, spoke to me. But speaking of, of emotional, last Infinity War question before we get into the runaways. Um, mm-hmm. I'll admit this on air. Uh, I was with my friend Andrew when I went to go see it. Uh, uh, at the end, 
I I cried for uh, when the the Spider Man scene happened. I cried. I I, I bawled. I I don't think <laughs> I've been that emotional in a movie since Lion King. Um, yeah. So I have to ask you, um, once Thanos snapped, and and or, or even if you want to go uh, when you thought Iron Man might be taken out, was there any point in those last sequences when people really started dying? that kind of shook you up a little bit or maybe even made you like drop a tear or two? Uh, I didn't quite get to get to the tears, but I mean, I I definitely was probably sitting there with my mouth open. Um, You know, you could have heard a a pin drop um, because, you know, in the real world, you know, that we all know that there's a time coming that, that, you know, our, our first uh, Avengers are not going to be with us anymore. There's going to be a transition and so, you know, first when, when Iron Man gets stabbed, it's like, oh, no, is this it? Is this, oh, no. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, and you know, from, from that point on, you just, I mean, okay, I know that there are other movies coming out. We know that, that there's another Black Panther coming out. We know that Far From Home, the next, you know, Spider-Man movie's coming out. But, so I'm I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing those guys again, but. I, I don't know. I don't know about anybody else. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's just kind of um, crazy where anything can happen. And, and these, these, uh, you know, these, these next steps, no, nobody knows what's, what's really going to happen next. So yeah, man, it was a whole lot of uncertainty and I just, I felt the drama, um, not, not just uh, Peter's, you know, Peter Parker trying to, to cling to life and being afraid and, and that look on, on Tony, uh, when he's, you know, looking at the ashes on his hands, but also Okoye, the, the horror on her face. I mean, you know, yeah, it, it gets you there. It gets you to that place where you, um, you know, the knowing that, that the Falcon just disappeared and, and War Machine is like, hey, Sam, where you at? You know, and, and <laughs> right, <laughs> just just like just feet away from him and he has no idea that what just happened. So, yeah, man, it's the, the Russos killed it. Um <laughs> after Thanos killed the Avengers, but yeah, he, they, they, they killed it with, with the staging and, and the emotion. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if there was music underneath. I don't think there was any score underneath. I that. don't think um, so. I don't think yeah, so. But it was just, I think it was just dead quiet. Yeah. It was just, it was gripping really like big time. And even when I'm, I'm watching it, you know, at home and I'm still like, Damn, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just yeah. risky because you're so invested in in these characters and and this story, and uh, yeah, that was tough. Ab- absolutely, I'd say the 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 fun of watching that last sequence in a theater. Uh, I always usually try to go Thursday night to where um, mm-hmm. you get the you know all the diehard fans, and then I try right. to go Friday night when you get the casual. Uh, people who like who have heard of these characters, but like they don't follow yeah. like what movies coming out, like stuff like that. So when I mm-hmm. saw it Friday, and Iron Man got stabbed, everyone the theater was quiet. I think I heard someone like gulp, like it it, it was intense. <laughs> and then to see him survive it, then when everyone started disappearing, just to just to survey like the theater to everyone who literally thought like they were gone. Like one guy even yeah. screamed out but we just got Black Panther. And like, like right. it was just, it's just fun <laughs> to see the people who have no idea. Like, they're just like, Oh no. Like 
what just happened and that yeah. that was a lot of fun and it speaks to the writing it speaks to the directing the acting that it just completely caught everyone off guard who wasn't aware right. of that comic to where Thanos did snap like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. to us comic book fans we might not have known who they were going to take or something like that but we knew at some point that snap had to come in uh in, into the framework so I mean that definitely it was just like it was like wow and I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was if you notice, the Russo brothers, when Thanos snapped, they took out all the new Avengers and only left the original team. Like Sword, mm-hmm. Cap, Iron Man, Black Widow, um, Banner, like the original Avengers, they were still yeah. standing. All of the new Avengers were gone. All of them. Mm-hmm. So it was just mm-hmm. like, wow, like, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> like, don't they got movies? Like, what are, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, so it was just, it was really fun, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Avengers 4 could end with the new Avengers surviving and us seeing the last of all the original teams. So who knows? I just know I'm not ready. (laughs) Like I'm ready, but not ready. I'm with you. (laughs) I'm with you. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just definitely something to look out for, uh, look out for, for next year, but let's get into your hit show, uh, your hit show, The Runaways. Man, yeah. was that an intense, fun, humorous, loving, making us hate parents kind of first season. Like, that <laughs> was great. I had to, I think I called my, my mom, um, <clears throat> excuse me, because she was telling me, she was like, yeah, I, you know, I started watching The Runaways, like I'm getting into it, like I'm really enjoying it. And oh, cool. you know, I started to ask her, I started to ask my mom, like, when I was younger, like sometimes, you know, like you would you would say like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm leaving you with this. I'm going out. Um, <laughs> I, I would sometimes go, you know, I, I told her, I said, you know, after watching the runaways, where would you go? And she was like, Oh, I'm not doing that. I used to go. Yeah. Uh huh. That's what they would say. Like, uh huh. Right, like, right. you know, maybe I need to ask some more questions about what was going on, but no, I, I love that first season uh, from the first episode. It drew you in. And this was, uh, I'll admit, I had no idea about the runaways before this show. And once I found out that the show was being made, I did not want to get too in-depth into the comics. I wanted to appreciate the show for, for its own. Because I figured at some point it was going to take its own liberties. It was going to do some, some things that might differ from the comics. So I didn't want to be that fan that was like, oh, man, it doesn't stick exactly to – so I wanted to appreciate it for its own. And now that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm waiting for season two, I'm reading the comics in between <laughs> this wait uh, because I'm just yeah. like, man, I, I cannot wait for this second season. I want to ask <laughs> you because I thought out of most of the parents, I thought uh, your character, um, Jeffrey Wilder, was one of the more complex, but not in a bad way, in a good way, mm-hmm. because of everything that he went through with getting someone to, uh, to, to take the bid for him so he could get out and then build. Um, but the biggest thing that spoke to me about your character was, I think as the season progressed, once he really saw like his son's life is in danger, both from the street aspect uh, that you were dealing with and then from the, the other aspects that you were dealing with, it kind of started, it seemed like to me, it kind of started to hit your character to where it's like, I get I'm doing this because, like, our lives probably, like, depend on it, but, like, should I continue to do this because this isn't the the kind of person I want to be for my son? Do you kind of see, like, your character kind of went through that 
or or do you kind of see it a little differently? No, that's 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 it. You hit it on the head. Um, you know where where we find them, they've been at it for years. You know this is they've been they've been sacrificing the teenagers and covering it up for years, and they're looking forward to this being the last time. And um, but then for it to all kind of fall apart, and for the um, you know for them to be found out by by their kids, the, the the people who they love the most, the people who they would want to protect the most in the world, uh, their their children, to be found out by them, um, to have the whole illusion of just being good, uh, rich parents, <laughs> um, to be broken, <laughs> to to have their kids put in danger. That's that's kind of the entry point to to finding out who Jeffrey Wilder was for for me. You know, it's just the fact that he, despite doing what he's doing, um, he loves his his son. Um, and then we we get to see that the parents they didn't exactly know what they were getting into, and as soon as they they did, it was too late. You know, they were in too deep. Um, they were on on tape. So uh, this, the the new riches and and the the lifestyle that that um, the deal with Jonah afforded them could all go away. They could be in you know they can go to to prison or uh, or worse you know. Um, um, so yeah, it's it was it was really fun to play Jeffrey as kind of as conflicted as a as a you know a, a guy who made a bad decision instead of something that you alluded to earlier, just the the bad guy just uh, just wants to be bad for the sake of being bad, you know. Um, nice. That might have been fun to do, but but this Jeffrey is a lot more um, rewarding to do. Yeah, I mean, and and I think your your character has the most to deal with out of all the other characters, mainly because you're dealing with the street life. Uh, that that mm-hmm. is coming back. Uh, I won't say necessarily to haunt you, but it, it's come back uh, to to pretty much face you. Uh, you're yeah. dealing with the fact that your son now knows what <laughs> what you've been doing, and right. the the side of you know um, what happens if you try to um, speak out or you know detract yourself from the mission that you guys have to do because, like you said, you're now mm-hmm. pulled in. Like you can't just say. No, you know what? I think this is horrible. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Like you, you can't do that at this point. So I think right. your character has the most to deal with. Um, you know, how how was that going about? Like when you were reading the script, how was it? Like how did you get yourself in the the, the frame of mind to to where your character has to like deal with all that? Because I saw it in you know in the you know the 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 form to where it started to really wear on you to where it's like. I can't keep dealing with like all of this. I want the street life to be gone. I want my son mm. to to know that this isn't what I want to be doing, and I want to get out of what I'm doing. Like, how was that yeah. process of going about that? Well, um, it got off kind of kind of shaky for me, to be honest, because uh, nerd Ryan got actor Ryan in trouble. Um, I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't read Runaways when it when it, the uh, the comic when it came out. I knew right. of it, you know, that was kind of like, those were like starving artist years uh, for me. So there was like, there was not a comic book budget. It was just, you know, rent and <laughs> and bills budget. <laughs> so I knew of 
of the Runaways, but I didn't exactly, you know, know it well. I, I didn't read it. So when I got the audition for it, and it was, you know, it was real vague, no details, no titles, no, no character names. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this sounds like that Runaways thing. And so I went to just to do a little research to see what it was. And man, I read the whole volume, like the whole first volume. And I didn't mean to do that because, you know, there was no guarantee that these characters would be presented in the way that they were in the comic. And, um, you know, I play a different character than uh, what uh, Brian K. Vaughn wrote back in, in 02, I think, 02, 03. But anyway, um, so I got, I was like, oh man, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take that knowledge of that Jeffrey into my audition and into, you know, the first episode and everything. So um, I asked one of our showrunners, uh, Josh Schwartz, I asked him, like, are these, and it was a question that helped me out a lot. I asked him, are the clothes that he wears, is this like a, a costume or is this a uniform? Is this like a costume that he puts on to be the businessman, but he's still really like, you know, he's still really a bad guy underneath. Or he's, you know, he's the same Jeffrey from, um, you know, from the streets who, who, um, you know, is, is still has that element of, of danger uh, very close to him. Or is this the uniform that he wears? This is no, like I'm now, this is what I wear. This is how I present myself at work, you know, at, at home. I'm about, you know, building this school and, and doing some good work in the community and stuff, even though I'm, I got to put on the red robe every now and then. And so Josh told me, no, that's, that's his uniform. This is who Jeffrey is. This is who the Jeffrey um, that he's trying to be um, is, is very much this, this family man, this, this good guy who, um, who's trying to right some wrongs. And, uh, you know, running, running from his past a bit, but ultimately trying to right his wrongs to be a good, a good father, a good husband, and, you know, a, um, a source of, of positivity in the community with, with building this school. So, you know, it, once, once I heard that, and then I just really started to focus on the relationship with, with me and Alex, that kind of helped me find who Jeffrey was. And, and honestly, it's a, it's a process. So when we wrapped last season, I was mad because I'm like, I know who this dude is now. I want to keep going. I really want to keep um, <laughs> keep shooting now. So hopefully, you know, um, we're working on season two now. So hopefully, you know, some of that will, will um, you know, manifest this season. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and when you were talking about the, uh, the, the wardrobe, I, I will say uh... – Jeffrey was clean, man. Like Je- Jeffrey was <laughs> was killing it with with the suit game, man. Like that oh, that yeah. definitely was not that did not look like that was an issue for you to fill into that that role uh and then to kind of bring it to life on, you know, uh through through the show. Man dressed clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that well, was definitely We got a dope something. wardrobe department. We got a dope wardrobe department for sure. Um and you know there's this uh you know the, the Jeffrey Wilder turtleneck is a thing now, and uh, <laughs> even gets a little tough kind of shooting out of season in Southern California when the uh, temperatures go up a little bit, and I'm walking around trying not to sweat in a turtleneck and a trench coat, but it's it's all good. Right. <laughs> hey, as long as it looks good, man. As long as it looks good. Yeah, yeah that that turtleneck thing. It's it, it is indeed a thing. Uh, it definitely <laughs> brings the more. 
I would say between Jeffrey and Drake, they have definitely made the turtleneck very stylish in today's time. Um, so yeah. that's, that's huge praise. That's huge praise. Um, but I, I, after seeing the, the fallout of everything that happened this season, us seeing what happened in the very last episode to where now they are literally runaways. <laughs> the cops are looking yeah. for them. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you really feel – uh, do you really think Jeffrey feels as though that's what's best uh, is is to bring them in through law, since you can't really bring them in anywhere, anywhere else, to bring them in through those channels? Uh, with everything that, that's going on, do you really think that's, that's best for them? Because they're teenagers, and they know this huge, deadly secret about their parents. Um, mm-hmm. It only makes them want to rebel more. I mean, we already know teenagers are just like, it's in their DNA to rebel around the, you know, mm-hmm. that, that age. So, you know, do you think he really, you know, do you think he thought that through fully, or do you think he thought that was just the best way to just hurry up, bring them in, and then we can kind of just, like, bottle everything up so they don't get a chance to, like, expose anything or bring any more light to what's going on? Do you think he kind of has any second, second guesses about the idea of bringing them in that way? I don't think so because I think um, what you said was key, you know, hurry up. You know, it's, it's you know, what, 10, 9, 10 pride members. So we got 18, 20 eyes versus thousands of eyes on the police force, and especially if it's headed up by police that, you know, I've got in my pocket. Jeffrey's got in his pocket, right. you know, um, to hurry up to get these kids who know nothing about being on the street um, uh, to to – keep them out of danger from, from sticking their nose in, first of all, from, from getting to know more than they know, right. potentially making Jonah mad. Um, you know, it was a couple of times when, when Jeffrey, you know, was like stepping up to Jonah, but we were, I'd, I'd be laughing after we cut. Cause I'm like, yeah, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey saw what Jonah could do now. <laughs> but <he's> still <laughs> kind of like, you know, you ain't going to, you ain't going to punk me out here, but, um, you know, yeah, I think it's it's just all about getting them off the streets, getting them safe, and we'll just we'll just deal with the rest later. Um, I think that that's really where where Jeffrey was was coming from, and and you know the rest of um, well Jeffrey and and uh, I guess the rest of the pride were, were on board um, eventually because it's really just all about getting them off the streets, getting them somewhere safe where we could see them, where we could, I mean, whether we need to. To you know, lock them in our in our homes or or take them somewhere, but just to to get them off the street and get them safe. That's what it's all about. Right, I, and I mean, the way I looked at it is is to where it was just like, listen, that is like the best possible thing we could you know we could think of like in the moment to contain the yeah. situation. Um, mm-hmm. And listen, the the biggest thing I took from this first season was like deep down all of these, these parents are truly good parents. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's certain, there's certain points uh, of, of their character uh, points throughout the season that you kind of go, maybe they're not the best of people, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's questionable to say that they are great parents. Uh, they raise all of their kids the right way. Um, you know, none of their kids are like deadbeats or anything like that. Like they did the best they could to provide and raise their kids. So in that respect, like, they're, they're, they're good parents. 
But it's like yeah. it's hard to separate being, you know, a good parent from being a good person. Do you, at, at any way, stepping back and looking at the character, do you feel as though Jeffrey could meet the requirements of being both a, a really good person and a great parent, or do you see it to where it's just like, all right, well, he's definitely a good parent, but that good person thing, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough because there are definitely things that he has done in his past that he's he's run from, and he hasn't really paid the price for, and he hasn't um, he hasn't lived up to his word. You know, he he was behind bars because he killed somebody, and we don't necessarily know what the circumstances are, but that's what he did, and he did not pay for it, and and to get out of it. He basically um, made, a, I mean, this isn't just, hey, man, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to give you, do this for me, and, you know, I'll I pay for your, your your gas at the, you know, next time we, uh, we go out. <laughs> you know, no, this is, right. you, do, you do some time for me, and I'll change your whole family's life, and to not do that, you know, to, <laughs> so that's, it's just, that's tough. Um, and and to to kind of run from that, it's kind of tough. You, you got a lot of work to do before you can kind of get into a good guy uh, territory in a in a real in a real way. But um, but I yeah. think that you know we I guess we all kind of have have things that that you know maybe some some stuff that we haven't dealt with or or stuff that we wish that that we um, we dealt with differently. But we just try our best to to move on and. Um, you know, to move on and, and be better. Jeffrey's just happened to be kind of substantial. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of tough to be, uh, you know, for him to fully embrace the, the, the good guy uh, role considering what he's done. Right. And it, it, it's funny that you say that because it's like to ask someone that, like to ask someone like, hey, I need you to take this bid for me, man. Like, but right. don't worry. I'll make sure your mom's taken care of, everything's taken care of. Um, not many men, even if someone was like, listen, I'll take care of your family. Don't worry. Not many men can say yes to that. I mean, I always right. said, uh, I always told my friends, like, when you watch 48 Hours, like, if the cop gets me in the room and is like, hey, you got to spend, like, a day in jail, like, I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I'd probably be like, all right, that's him, that's him, that's her, that's what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's not the easiest of things to just ask someone. Uh, and then it's not the easiest things to accept it, uh, you know, right. knowing that they'll take care of your family, but you have to stay in here while they get to go out, live their lives, have their families. Um, and, and, you know, and enjoy being out. Uh, so right. that was definitely something that I was just like, wow. Like, I mean, I know it happens. Like, it happens in, in, in life. But, like, to see it and to see someone say yes, I was just like, I don't know if, like, if I was acting in that, how I would have acted. Because I would have been like, wait, what? <laughs> you want me to say yes? <laughs> we might have to do a like, few stop things playing, man. Stop today. Playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stop playing, yeah. man. Like, you joking. No, I'm, no, I'm not taking that for you. Um, so that would have been uh, very difficult for me on set, uh, even as yeah. being an actor. I would have been like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I did want to ask you, um, with it being announced that the uh, the Runaway Season 2 will be back this December, um, huge yep. shout-out uh, to you on getting the second season. I know I'm super late on that. Congratulations. But, um, <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> 
Huge shout out. Uh, like I said, this first season was huge. I mean, I, I, I saw people talking about this show the same way they were talking about the first season of Daredevil, just to where it's like oh. a lot of people went into the first season of Daredevil with the movie on their mind, to where they were like, mm-hmm. I hated that mm-hmm. movie. I have no idea what to expect from an actor uh, in Charlie Cox that not a lot of people have heard of. Um, a showrunner not that many people have heard of, and just a whole concept that everyone was just like, I saw the movie, did not like the movie, I am not on board for this. Um, So the huge props I give the showrunners for the the Runaways is I compared the Runaways to Guardians of the Galaxy. It was Mm -hmm. a risk only in the idea of if you are not a hardcore comic fan, you may never have heard of the Runaways. Just like I said Mm -hmm. Not that many people heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew comic book readers who did not hear <laughs> hear of the Guardians right. of the Galaxy because the, the runs for those characters were so short, so complex. It, it lended to different stories and stuff like that. Um, so I said it was a risk because if you don't get the, you know, the, the, the fan base behind it, I'm, I'm talking about the hardcore fans because if you get the hardcore mm-hmm. fans on, on board, they then spread the word, and then you get everyone on board. And I think that's what yeah. Guardians uh, was able to, to capture. The Runaways, to me, never felt like a comic book show. I mean, like I told you, I'd never read the comics. So it, it wasn't called Marvel's The Runaways. <laughs> like, I would have watched that show like, man, this is a really cool teen drama show. Like, this is great. Like, I'm invested. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that show was able to separate itself in the sense of <clears throat> just like Daredevil – when it came out, again, if the name Marvel wasn't attached to it, you would have gotten at least, like, six episodes in before you realized, like, oh, like, this guy has, like, <laughs> like power, like, you know, like, ability. Right. So uh, mm-hmm. the Runaways, you get so in, you get so pulled in, you're like, wait, this is, like, a superhero show, or is this, like, a drama? <laughs> like, I love it for, for whatever it is, but, like, you know, oh, okay, this, this is based off of a comic. Like, oh, that's dope. So I think this show is able to capture that lightning in the bottle that not many uh, things can capture. And like, like I said, I compared it to Guardians because once it caught that lightning, it took everyone by storm. I had family members that were like, yo, did you hear this Runaway show? And I'm like, this is kind of what I do for a living. Of course I did. Like, you're late. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't know. Like, you're late to the party. I should be asking yeah. you what took you so long. Um, so I wanted to say, like, huge con- congratulations to the fact that this show, um, trust me, to the world is a hit, and you had people dying for when they could see this season two. And now that it's been announced that we get it in December, I'm telling you, like, yeah. the first episode, I know the, the ratings or the views is going to be through the roof because people have been waiting for this. So my question through all of that um, was to ask you, what can we expect from season two, I know that the myth of the the Marvel snipers exists, so I'm not asking you to divulge anything. Um, but what can we expect from this season two of of the Runaways? Well, um, kind of starting off with a bang um, in, in season two. Um, it's it's a lot more. I'd say a lot more action. Um, I'd. A, what is really cool, especially for for fans of the uh, of the of the book, that they'll see some familiar faces, some some new faces. Um, um, 
that will be introduced. They're going to see some new places that um, mm. are just, like, really, really cool and, and a part of the, the runaway story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, I think we, we, we will spend more time with the uh, with the runaways this this season, um, and and you know seeing where they're where where they are and who they're becoming. Um, now that that they know the powers that they have, they know who their parents are, um, and so basically that you know you kind of know more about where you come from if you know the the fullness of who your parents are or at least more is revealed about who your parents really are so we've got the kids kind of understanding um who they are as a result and um and then just trying to figure it out it's it's uh it's it's fun to kind of watch them um bring a different um bring a different life to these characters and and to see them put in these uh, really really interesting situations and you know, from the pride standpoint, we're still trying to get them back and uh, trying to get them back and trying to deal with Jonah, trying to deal with each other. So it's just amped, amped up even more. And, um, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to predict where we end up. We're, we're almost finished shooting uh, the second season now, and I didn't see it coming. So where we're, we're ending up. So I think uh, – I think if you if you like the first season, you're really gonna love the second. That gets me super hyped because I didn't see the ending of the first season coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the way the way it got left off, I was just like, oh, season two better be coming like tomorrow. Like this, this right. is crazy. I can't wait. I need to see what happens. So if you're telling me that we may end season two off like that, I need you guys to film back to back from oh, now man. on, so we can try to get these seasons. Like right after it ends, um, you know it's, it's funny questions. watching the, ahead, the first season. Oh, uh, watching the, the first season as a as a fan because I mean, hey, that's that's what I am. You know, I'm a fan of this sort right. of thing. So, um, I'm reading the scripts and everything. But when it's time to watch the show, um, there's you know there's some time has passed and and I'm going through the whole journey and to see them run run down that alley in slow motion. And it's like, oh wow, okay, yeah, this is it. This is the start of of them truly becoming runaways. And and then you know, I'm, I forgot about old lace in the in the moment. And then to see old lace kind of at the end, it's like, what? We really did this. <laughs> we, really, we really put a dinosaur on, uh, you know, in the show. And it's it's, uh, it's a, a really cool ride. And um, yeah, a lot lot more season two. Listen, I am completely hyped. My fan base would literally destroy me if I did not ask you this, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to ask it the way that I'm sure they want me to. I'm going to ask it in a way that I know you'd be able to answer it. Um, okay. So the question is, uh, we had another show come out called Cloak and Dagger uh, mm-hmm. with two teams. All I'm going to ask you is, in discussions with showrunners, has the idea of a crossover come up through conversation? Since I can't ask you, is there an episode that we get dialogue or something? I will ask you, has there been dialogue between the cast, the crew? Like, I know you're a fan. Has there been dialogue from the showrunners of, like, 
yeah, no, this could possibly happen. Like, yeah, let's see where it goes with, with Cloak and Dagger. But we could possibly get a crossover at some yeah. point. Uh, this is an easy question because um, I don't know anything, so I don't have to hide anything. Um, <laughs> all, you know, all we get, all we hear is like, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's it. Um, it was it was kind of fun to, I mean, obviously, to, to look at both shows, you can kind of see some some connective tissue there in, in, in terms of like the, yeah, they're teenage protagonists. They're on the run. Um, basically they, they have powers and even though ours is set in LA and they're in New Orleans, um, the, the tone is, is similar. Uh, the, the look and, and feel of the show is, is similar. So, um, and you know, the fact that they, the, you know, Cloak and Dagger appeared, um, with the, in the first volume of the Runaways, it kind of, you know, it's like, Hey, it just makes perfect sense. Let's, let's do this. But, um, we got, you know, a couple of different networks here, so it's it's not that easy from from my understanding. But um I do know like for me as a fan it would be really cool to uh to see that happen, but honestly and um like completely honestly, I don't know of any plans to, to make this happen just yet. But uh I'm I'm crossing my fingers, I hope it does. Listen, so do I. I. I desperately want to see that connect. And then I want to see you guys connect with the Netflix world. And then I want to see you connect with the movie. I just want to see everyone come together. Uh, it's a huge Marvel yeah. family. And it, it's just it's one of those things where it's like we've been waiting a lifetime just to see these different faces of Marvel. And now as a greedy fan base, we're like, all right, well, now that you've shown each of the faces of Marvel, bring them all together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get guys yeah. like Jeff Loeb, like Kevin Feige, they're like, it's not that simple, guys. Like you can't just just <laughs> implement everything together. Like relax. Right. It's in time. It'll possibly happen. Uh what I'm looking forward to the most is just to hear um whether it's a reference to something uh that's that's happened in the movies through you guys just different things like that I'm definitely looking forward to. Because uh, I believe in Cloak and Dagger, there was a Luke Cage reference and then yep. thing like a Danny Rand reference or something like that. So I, I definitely want more of that from these shows, just so you know in the back of your head, like, okay, it's in the same world. I don't have to wait to try to figure that out. Like, it's in the same right. world. Hopefully at some point we'll get that connective tissue enough to where we see a crossover. But I, I would just like to say, like, listen, Freeform, Hulu, if that crossover ever happened, I think the numbers would go through the roof. Uh, so and it's definitely something you guys need to figure out how to make happen. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, man, you know, nerds don't need much. Like, we really, we, we don't need a whole lot. <laughs> um, we had, a, we had a, a live tweeting session with uh, the cast of Cloak and Dagger. Um, we had, uh, for their season finale, um, uh, the first episode of uh, last season was aired on Freeform, so we had a little live tweeting session for that. And so I'm, I'm checking it out, and yeah, she, um, one of the, um, oh man, what character was it? Oh, um, the uh, detective. She had a, she made a Misty Knight reference, and mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a picture, it wasn't a guest star. You know, Simone Mystic didn't pop up. It was just the mention of her name. And I'm like, did they just do that? You know, and I, I'm tweeting it as fast <laughs> as I could. Um, but yeah, man, that's 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 what it's all about, man. She, um, I think there was another, um, I think there was a reference to uh, Station Six One Six, 
there and um you know for the the you know Marvel Universe 616 and and it was a stark it was a stark and a rand um reference in there and so it's like that was that was just i mean our imagination um can go so many places with with how all of this can connect so that that can keep us busy until uh there's a, a a legit you know guest star by uh, by somebody or a legit crossover episode, but uh, it's I gotta say it looks it looks promising with the uh, with the recognition of uh, of the wider Marvel universe. Listen, I I know personally I went bananas in Jessica Jones when I think the line that she used I'm paraphrasing here was um, <clears throat> I'm not that big green guy and I was just like oh my god right. wait. <laughs> What? Like, hold on. I think you're right. talking about the Hulk here. <laughs> so it's just like those connective moments, just it blows a geek's mind, and it's just like, oh, yeah. man, the possibilities. Um, but listen, man, I have taken up enough of your time. Thank you so much for geeking out cool. with me and, and, and talking um, The Runaways, talking Black Panther, Infinity War. Before I let you go, I have to ask if there was any way we could get a drop from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, give me one second here. Okay. <clears throat> Clear my throat here. All right. Hey, I'm Ryan Sands from Marvel's Runaways, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. I do want to put out there um, two things that I wanted uh, you to do before we end this uh, interview. Um, one, is there anything that you would like to promote, any charities or anything you want to put out there, and then let everyone know where they could find you as far as social media? Sure. Uh, well, currently I am a big brother with um, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters of L.A. Um, there are a lot of littles out there that would really love to spend time with someone a couple times a month. It's not a big obligation, but it, it uh, makes a huge difference. So I would encourage all of you to um, look into being a big brother or a big sister in your community. And uh, as far as news, um, I just, I'm also an illustrator and I'm still trying to, um, (laughs) still trying to process that I just completed a uh, a variant cover for uh, Marvel's, the uh, the Runaways comic uh, issue 13. That'll be out next month. And uh, so, yeah, look out for that uh, variant cover for Marvel's Runaways. And um, I guess that's about it for the news. And I could be found basically anywhere at um, at the Ryan Sands. All right. And make sure you guys check out that. You said variant cover, right, for uh, the yep. Runaways? Make yep. sure you guys check out next month, right? Yep, issue 13. Perfect. Well, you don't have to worry. We will be promoting that like crazy uh, as soon as we can. Uh, Thank you very much. And close to the premiere of season two, we got to get you back on so I can geek out with you about the episodes that I see of uh, of season two. Cool. Let's do it. It'd be my pleasure. Perfect. Thank you so much. Can't wait to talk to you again. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too, man. All right. Appreciate it. Awesome interview. Once again, thank you to Ryan Sands for coming on and completely geeking out with me. Thank you to uh, Geek Vibes Nation. 
Um, huge shout out to Kanan. That intro that we showed at the begin or played rather, not showed, that we played at the beginning of the show is an all new intro. Huge thank you to Kanan. Um, and a huge thank you to someone else that we will mention Sunday night on an all new Geek Vibes Live. Uh, if you guys didn't catch who that voice was at the beginning of that intro, don't worry. We will clue you in this Sunday. Uh, for Geek Vibes Live. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.